Namaste and welcome to the Bharat Vartha Weekly. I am Roshan Karyapa. I have with me Abhishek Paul and also returning from a long hiatus, Prasanna Vishwanathan as well. And we will walk you through the news and events of the week that was. It was quite an interesting week. We'll talk about uh, Prime Minister Modi's visit to Tokyo, uh, the court judgment on Yasin Malik, uh, the upcoming IPL finals uh, between Gujarat and Rajasthan, uh, and India qualifying to the Super 4 stage in the Asia Cup hockey in uh, very dramatic circumstances, and a lot more. Uh, so, hey Abhishek, hey Prasanna, welcome to the weekly. Thanks so much for making the time. Hi, hi guys. Yeah, hi, hi, All right, so before we begin the episode from last week, uh, this was a very interesting conversation with uh, both Mohal and Nirav uh, about the US dollar as a reserve currency. Uh, and of course, I mean, recent events has caused us to question the validity of it, right? I mean, uh, whether you take the Russia-Ukraine war or, you know, the, the inflation and so on and so forth. And we looked at it from various perspectives. We went back in history, talked about Bretton Woods and the agreement, the gold reserve, the petrodollar, uh, and, you know, what could be alternates, right? I mean, it, we could revert to some kind of a gold standard or maybe some of these cryptocurrencies and so on and so forth. Uh, spoke about the validity of all of it. Uh, very wide-ranging conversation. Uh, definitely have a look at it. Uh, listen to it and let us know what you think. Start things off. Prime Minister Modi was in Tokyo for the Quad summit where he interacted with world leaders. The Prime Minister also participated in an event to launch the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework or IPEF for prosperity along with US President Joe Biden and the Prime Minister of Japan, Kishida Fumio. The IPEF seeks to strengthen economic partnership amongst participating countries. Its main objectives include enhancing resilience, sustainability, inclusiveness, economic growth, fairness and competitiveness in the Indo-Pacific region. India is keen to collaborate with partner countries under the IPEF and work towards advancing regional economic connectivity, integration, and boosting trade and investment within the region. Abhishek, uh, the Prime Minister had a very warm welcome, uh, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, it seems very significant. Yeah, so uh, this was uh, another Quad summit. And interestingly, coming right after the conclusion of the Australian elections, it was quite interesting or significant that the new Australian Prime Minister sort of just took his oath and was... Uh, then quickly representing Australia at the Quad Summit. So interesting timing on that front. Good thing is that that he's like uh, leader of the Labour Party in Australia, which is quite left of centre um, and probably historically has had a more softer outlook towards China. Uh, but uh, they have reiterated their commitment towards Quad. So that is probably a significant thing to note as far as the Australian uh, point of view goes. Coming to the Quad Summit and the IPAF, yes. So I think uh, there is a piece by uh, Ambassador uh, Kaval Sibal uh, in the media where he claimed a couple of important uh, positives for India, you know, coming out of the Quad meetings. Uh, one being that the continued Ukraine-Russia uh, conflict and India's position continues to sort of be understood and appreciated by all. Uh, India did not face any pushback or pressures at the Quad summit uh, as far as its position was concerned. Also, I think uh, there is a mention with regard to, you know, combating cross-border terrorism uh, in the Quad-related joint statements and declarations, right? So uh, that's also a uh, good outcome for India. Uh, with regard to the IPEF, yes, uh, quite a big 
uh, announcement by the United States in terms of sort of increasing or continuing their pivot towards Indo-Pacific and Asia, right? Uh, uh, which is sort of talked about a lot in their strategic circles these days as they seek to uh, counter the influence of China. So I think this IPF, how does it sort of all pan out uh, is something for us to wait and see. I think the some of the important uh, points in that the IPF framework are number one, building resilient supply chains, right? And I think there is this concept coming up called uh, friend sourcing, right? Where it's probably not possible for you to have everything uh, totally like 100% Atmanirbhar, but you can have your supply chains as far as possible uh, uh, in, in a network of countries which you can sort of reliably consider as friends and allies, right? Uh, and that will help build resilience, right? I mean, in companies today all over the world across uh, industries are getting really impacted by how the lockdowns in China are continuing even today, right? It's like having a huge impact on, uh, you know, uh, industries across the world. Right? The other few points include, you know, cooperation on uh, sustainability in green technology. Uh, then there is talk of, you know, uh, combating uh, tax evasion, you know, and tax harboring so various uh, important topics brought up uh, but we have to wait and see how it goes it's not a classic uh, free trade agreement block uh, that is uh, there and but it's it's like a framework on which countries will be interacting with each other right the 13 countries who have initially signed up for this uh, framework i think one other thing i will probably point out as i was reading the various outcomes from quad and one of the big announcements is that there is a maritime domain awareness partnership that has got signed up wherein uh, commercial satellite data from the countries uh, will sort of be shared across quad countries and other partners in, in the Indo-Pacific data. And this is sort of this tilt towards, uh, you know, more maritime based security uh, initiative is, I think, uh, being talked about in strategic circles as a big win, right? As uh, more sort of satellite data, etc. comes in to replace more legacy technologies. and. On a security front, it is uh, pretty uh, impressive. I think there is a pretty good article uh, in the website War on the Rocks, uh, which I would suggest you know folks to check out, uh, which talks about this in detail. Yeah, and that's a pretty good-looking photo, right? With Prime Minister Modi kind of lead, <laughs> leading the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, Kashmir Liberation Front Chief Yasin Malik was sentenced to life imprisonment earlier this week. Uh, the high-profile case saw the separatist leader convicted in connection with a Jammu and Kashmir terror funding case. Malik had pleaded guilty in the case and did not contest the charges against him. According to the charge sheet, Malik collected funds domestically and abroad to fund the activities of terrorist organizations uh, such as Lashkar-e-Taiba and uh, Hezbollah-e-Mujahideen. So, Prasanna, I mean... To me, I thought this was an open shut case, right? Because even I think Yasin Malik's defense itself is that I've turned over a new leaf, right? And he quoted Mahatma Gandhi and uh, so on. 
but I was quite surprised by the reactions. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, not exactly right on predictable uh, lines, right? Uh, he was <clears throat> for long the so as to speak the poster boy of the uh, uh, terrorism in uh, Kashmir, no? like except for the fact that he tried to kind of uh, reinvent himself as a uh, you know born again Gandhian, so as to speak. Okay, and. Uh, I think like uh, this is probably one of the less uh, what do you call grievous charges against him, right? Like he's also facing other charges uh, uh, for which uh, he avoids uh, punishment. Uh, I think like uh, only thing that was a sore note was I saw some condemnation note by OIC as well, the uh, Organization of Islamic Countries actually, which was little disconcerting that... Uh, you know, uh, quite brazen and blatant uh, in my understanding. But other than that, I think the reactions have been on a uh, predictable uh, manner. And uh, I guess the Indian state uh, has asserted itself to, uh, and you know, it's probably pretty robust and strong in Kashmir that you hardly had any fallout out of this. Uh, so I hope like the more serious uh, convictions are also in the pipeline on this. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I thought there was some news about uh, uh, Mr. Mufti's daughter being called, uh, uh, you know, being summoned or something, correct. right? She was For kidnapped. Those old, uh, yeah. Correct, 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 correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, pretty interesting how this is unraveling. Uh, in a very unfortunate incident, uh, seven Indian soldiers were killed and 19 injured after a vehicle fell into the Ladakh River. Uh, a 26-soldier team was moving from a transit camp in Parthapur to a forward location in the Hanif subsector at around 9 a.m. on Friday. About 25 kilometers from Thois, a major military base in Nubra Valley, the vehicle skidded off the road and fell into the Shok River. The mishap, uh, the mishap happened in Turtuk sector in the morning with the vehicle falling from a height of around 50 to 60 feet, officials said. The troops were initially taken to a field hospital at Parthapur with the Army dispatching surgical teams from Leh. Seven of them were declared dead. In the evening, the Air Force moved the injured so soldiers to the Army Command Hospital at Chandi Mandir in Haryana's Panchkula district. Uh, this was said in an Army statement. Um, Abhishek, it's pretty tragic what happened. As you described, uh... 26 uh, people, uh, soldiers were there in that uh, vehicle convoy and then uh, seven of them, uh, you know, dying in this uh, unfortunate accident and the other 19 uh, were injured. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, incidents like these are uh, sort of a grim reminder, right, of how uh, difficult and precarious uh, the task of securing our uh, borders is always right and uh, yeah I mean there has been uh, you know so much improvement in the infrastructure uh, in our border areas but even then there is still you know so much uh, more to be done right uh, so yeah very unfortunate and uh, very sad right uh, every time you know indian soldiers are killed or die in uh, you know things i mean 
uh, accidents and we are, uh, which are probably uh, you know avoidable as well right yeah and uh, given also the amount of infrastructure work that's been happening as well right everywhere uh, so this is uh, kind of sad um, uh, as you rightly put it i think it, it reminds us of the stakes right at which uh, you know uh, which are there to protect this country um on the economy front sorry yeah on the economy front um india's gdp growth might see a slump in the coming months uh, the surge in covid-19 infections caused by the omicron variant of the coronavirus and the resulting restrictions imposed by state governments has resulted in unfavorable forecasts for the quarter 4 of fy22 uh economists also noted part of the weakness in the upcoming release would be due to a higher base one year ago uh the government does not officially release quarter on quarter gdp data um a separate reuters survey last month estimated average growth for 2122 at 8.7% lower than the official second advance estimate of 8.9% released on february 28 um prasna i think the estimates like i think i, I saw a report that moody is also uh cut the uh, estimates for growth and stuff right i mean um, what do we make of this i mean how does this impact us uh, in some sense yeah so uh, i think like uh, the estimates kind of vary anywhere between uh, 2.5% to 5% but i think a large part of it was due to the uh, some level of uh, you know the pandemic related disruption that happened in january i think a lot of state governments moved to place restrictions and all that and of course the soaring inflation uh, high input cost all that is also going to have an effect so i think we are looking at like a, a financial year overall growth of around 8.5 to 8.7% actually so the uh, to some extent i think the uh, damage due to the lockdowns was little limited this time i think maybe two weeks to three weeks in uh, january was what uh, was the impact but generally other than that the economy was certainly uh, resilient actually but i think like the global factors and certainly the uh, massive uh, you know increase in the commodity prices all that is going to weigh in on the performance actually so i think uh, overall good numbers for the FOI, but uh, if not for the third wave, maybe it could have been even better. That's my sense. Right. Uh, in some sports news, uh, India thrashed Indonesia sixteen zero to qualify for Super Four in the Asia Hockey Cup. Uh, India required fifteen goals to eclipse Pakistan on goal difference and qualify for the next round. This massive win not only secured India's passage into the knockout stage of the tournament, but also shut the door on Pakistan. This was India's first win in the ongoing edition of the Asia Cup as they were held to a 1-1 draw by Pakistan before suffering a 2-5 defeat uh, at the hands of Japan. Uh Abhishek 16-0 I mean that's that's crazy right I mean uh, I think India Indonesia sports rivalry is like continuing from the Thomas Cup onwards. <laughs> yeah I mean uh, you would might expect a 16-0 more likely in badminton than uh, hockey but it <laughs> <laughs> happened in a hockey match so yeah i think i was just looking at uh, uh the news reports and the team and the team seems to have uh, a lot of uh, changes 
after the Olympics, right? I think uh, some of the senior players have probably retired or are taking a break. Uh, so I think it's a young squad. And as you said, we uh, lost in the first round to Japan and had a draw versus Pakistan. So uh, 15-0 sort of goal difference was needed to qualify. And I think they managed to do it uh, barely in the last one or two minutes, I, I'm guessing. Because I think the match was like going, uh, you know, the number of goals <coughs> means that it will be like uh, that kind of a close encounter. I believe uh, we've now defeated uh, Japan in the Super 4 round. So we have sort of uh, got back the uh, win that we, you know, the defeat we suffered in the first round. So yeah, I think interesting times for Indian hockey with, I think, a lot of new players also coming into the national team. So a good opportunity for them to shine in this tournament. All right. In uh, more sporting news, uh, another year of the IPL has come to a close with the finals being played today. Uh, Hardik Pandya led Gujarat Titans have made it to the finals in the maiden season and will be facing off against Rajasthan Royals who triumphed against uh, the RCB earlier this week. Uh, star batsman Virat Kohli, star batsman, okay. Uh, Virat Kohli took to social media to share an emotional message to everyone associated with the franchise. Uh, he stated, sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. For the 12th man army, you've been fantastic and, fantastic and thank the management. Uh, will this be the first time a new team has lifted the trophy in their first season? Well, that's the question we're asking. Uh, Prasanna, Abhishek, who do you have your money on? Today, I think I'll put my money on RR. Okay, I, I yeah. guess uh, quite quite a talented uh, team, uh, and I think the and of course you know uh, Butler head and shoulders above any any other uh, uh, white ball cricketer at the moment. Actually, he just gives the team so much uh, strength and cloud, and uh, and this team is just. I mean, of course, Butler's uh, role has been quite uh, spectacular, but they have got a good bun- good mix, right? Actually, probably except for that uh, Padikal, I think like they have a fairly explosive uh, batting lineup, you know. Uh, and uh, even the bowling, uh, uh, without having any uh, superstars, superstars seemed quite balanced, right? Like they have a good leggy, they have a uh, they have a veteran off spinner, and then couple of good uh, uh, pace bowlers as well. So, my money is on RR. I think like, I mean, uh, Gujarat certainly has been a surprise packet uh, package in the sense, uh, uh, you know, they also don't really have the superstar, superstar names, right? But somehow, uh, uh, you know, all their bets uh, seems to have paid off and, I mean, they do have... Uh, I mean, and the leadership of uh, Pandya has been quite inspirational and, you know, Miller also coming to the party. Uh, so, but I would think that like overall uh, on the sheer depth of the, uh, uh, you know, the talent, I would uh, bet on RR actually. Yeah, I would also bet on uh, the Royals. Uh, I think, you know, they they would probably do it for Shane Vaughan, right? I mean, it's also a very emotional sort of a thing for them. Uh, so, yeah, I really hope that they do it. Um, yeah, I mean, RCB doesn't make it to another semi-final, so, so that's another thing. Yeah. Abhishek? <laughs> no, I, I think like, uh, 
I mean, they even made it into the playoffs only because of that uh, last. Uh, I mean, I think de- that was for Delhi's match to have won, and I think somehow they squandered and uh, uh, you know kind of uh, lost that. Right? Otherwise, I don't think so. R- RCB had the kind of uh, uh, displayed the kind of form where they were a natural uh, claimant for one of the playoff yeah. finishes. Right? Like uh, uh, you know, their all their superstars were like in so much. Uh, Faf to Kohli, uh, you know, completely out of form, and the, and Siraj, I think, was all over the place. Uh, I mean, Patidar came to the party, but I don't think so. He was really part of the uh, original mix, right? And I yeah. think the opener that they betted on initially, uh, uh, Anuj Rawat, I mean, never fired after a couple of good uh, performances. So overall, I think. Um, Except for some inspired performance by DK in a couple of matches, I think RCB had a very patchy uh, uh, 14 matches. So yeah. I think they should they should count themselves lucky that they made it into the playoffs. And uh, of course, I mean, and then that win against Lucknow kind of would have kindled expectation of the uh, fans. But overall, I don't think so. They really deserved a top finish. This, yeah, this season. No, I couldn't agree more. Especially the way they celebrated Delhi's loss, right? I mean, that's that's <laughs> it was just absurd, actually. So, uh, Abhishek, who do you have your money on? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am not sure who's winning. It's going to be hopefully a pretty close game. Uh, so, if you recall, we did a, a preview show in Bharatwarta before the IPL started, and. at that time my top two teams were uh, rr and uh, lucknow so that was my prediction i would say i think it got played out pretty well so i think gujarat lucknow and rajasthan were clearly the three best teams in the tournament and then we have a bunch of teams i would say delhi uh, bangalore uh, maybe sunrisers uh, these are like the next level like a little cut below the top 3 right and uh, yeah i think gujarat uh, right from the start has been uh, a bowling heavy team right so they have some really good bowlers right like rashid khan mohammad shami has bowled well in parts so they have a pretty decent uh, bowling attack and uh, they have sort of uh, managed to you know score uh, uh, where required right with uh, people like pandya and david miller and few others also you know riddhiman saha has played a few decent knocks at the top uh, shubman gill has played the odd good knock so you know they're predominantly a bowling heavy side and they have managed their batting resources uh, around that uh, rajasthan is uh, totally different like they have one um, player who stand out or head and shoulders above anyone else in butler so it would be interesting in case uh, butler gets out early and that is always possible right because uh, it's a final and it just takes like you know one poor shot or run really good ball to dismiss someone so it would be interesting to see how uh, rajasthan counter that uh, they do have other good batsmen as well right and especially sanju samson started off the tournament pretty well he's Uh, been struggling of late, but in case uh, Butler has an off day, I think a lot will depend on how uh, Samson uh, plays. Uh, 
also i mean the others around him like padikal etc also need to chip in but it will be interesting to see uh, if in Edmire, case butler doesn't admire had a good uh, uh, first six matches right then yeah i think he had to go back home and come back, back. Uh, so he's not really got a chance uh, after that no, i think after coming okay. back they have also not utilized him like say they kind of yeah uh, he doesn't get that uh, four five overs where he can kind of you know yeah. quickly bat himself and then flourish so i think like some rejig of the batting order where probably you know hetmyer kind of is there up yeah uh, but i think certainly from uh, man to man comparison in terms of the team strength rr towers above uh, yeah Gujarat, because like you said gujarat is beautifully blended as a unit based on some you know modest uh, players but it's all blended together very well for them this year yeah ashwin and chahal both playing for rajasthan possibly they might be india's attack in the uh, world cup as well world right? cup right Mm. Both have had decent seasons, so we'll have to see there. All right, we'll wait and watch how that uh, turns out. Uh, so that brings us to the end of the Bharat Vartha Weekly uh, for this week. Thank you again for joining us uh, from Abhishek Prasanna and myself. Uh, you know, do stay safe, take care, and so uh, see you next week.